Hey everybody, how y'all doing? This is Locked On Bulldogs, part of the Locked Oof. On Podcast. Sorry. We Sometimes made it. The best we made things it. in life you gotta wait for. Yes, Daniel, that's right. We're looking like for Georgia to, to be good at basketball. Like Georgia, you to have be to good. wait for it. He's 13 seconds in. Already talking about basketball. That is it. I will mute him from ear on out if he tries. So again, I have that. I'll power. see myself out today on the Locked On. I'm doing it right now. He's muted today on Locked On Podcast. We are talking about who we cannot lose next year on offense or defense that would radically shift every single thing we know about Georgia uh, and who those players on. And you get to agree or disagree next on Locked On Bulldogs. You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh no, Daniel is still here. We go. Now you're good. Oh, why would you? (laughs) I'm telling you. How's everybody doing? Lockdown Bulldogs podcast here. I am Daniel. He is Clint. Real professional operation we're running. (laughs) Yes, sir. Happy to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. More on them in a minute. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in today. Um, Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you are doing well this glorious February week. Uh, We're going to talk about um, uh, sometimes throughout the course of a season, you're going to suffer some attrition. You're going to have some guys that are going to get dinged up. We're not talking about season-ending, career-ending type of injuries. We don't talk about those type of injuries we on the pod. We don't do that. We don't do that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy gets dinged up, right? He got a little got a little turf toe situation going on. He's going to get toe lingers for all He get a year, stinger y'all. or something. Ooh. You know, he's just got some, some football-related injuries. He's going to miss a few weeks. One player on offense, one player on defense that Georgia can least afford to lose. We have said we predict Georgia is going to go 15-0 and 0 this year. They're going to go back-to-back-to-back national championships. If you agree with us, you will love Monday's pod. Go back and listen to it on Spotify, Apple yes. Podcasts, Stitcher. You can find those uh, all over there and leave that podcast a five-star rating and review. We would really appreciate it. If you disagree with us and don't think Georgia is going to go 15-0 and 0 and go back-to-back-to-back national championships... You will love Tuesday's pod. Um, uh, so go back and find that one. And uh, all of these are available as well on YouTube. And so thank you for subscribing to all of those platforms. Uh, but Clint, let's talk about guys that we would hate to see go down, uh, miss any time whatsoever. Most catastrophic to even miss a game for this Georgia and let's start with the offense. I'm going to let you name a player, then I'm going to name a player. We'll see if we have the same guy in mind, or we'll see if we have a difference of opinion. But I'm going to let you start on the offensive side of the ball. Who can Georgia least afford to lose even for a game this upcoming season if they want to go undefeated? Uh, to me, it's two choices. They don't catch the football. They don't run with the football. Uh-oh. They don't throw the football. They don't do either of those things, any of those things. Mm. To me, it comes down to Mims 
and Van Pran. One of them does touch the football on every play, though. One of them touches the football on every Mm. single play. Mm. Now, here's why. We're losing both tackles this year. They're gone. They're going to be paid. They're going to follow Jamari Sawyer, Andrew Mm -hmm. Thomas in the league, and just be linchpin tackles. That's right. McClendon and Broderick Jones, obviously, he is referring to. Correct. Van Pran comes back, which was the biggest get of all returning. People. Biggest recruiting, ta- biggest recruiting um, uh, win of the offseason. That talk about a guy who's going to get paid as well. He's going to be a center in the first round. When you take a center in the first round, they, they're like Hall of Famers, y'all. Just yeah, I was just about to say he may not be a first round center, but he's going to be a, an absolutely elite center. That's right. For his entire career. Yeah. Uh, and Amarius Mims on the tackle position. Those two guys. And for me, I think it really does come down to Van Pran. I think setting the line. I think having new tackles. I think mean, having a new offensive line. I think having a new signal caller, Carson Beck, a guy who knows the system, a guy who doesn't have to, who might be able to pick up some things in the huddle for Beck and, and set that line. For me, it's, it's SVP. Yeah, I had two guys in mind as well. One of them was Cedric Van Pran. But the other one was not a Marius Mims, and so I will go there. Although I like your answer, I like your response. I think probably you lose the most continuity on offense when you lose Van Pran. I think yeah. that goes without saying. Last year, it obviously would have been Stetson Bennett. This year, you know, it, it could be Carson Beck. Once we come out and see, and listen, we don't know the level of drop off between Carson Beck and the next guy. And so that could be a factor as well in terms of like, you know, maybe neither Brock Vandelay of Vandelay Industries or um, Gunnar Stockton are ready to come in that game at all. And so you would really hate to lose Carson Beck. I'm going to go with the best player in college football because I thought it, I thought it made sense if we're talking about people we don't want to lose we would choose the player that's better than all the other players in all of college football. Last year, if we were doing this on the defensive side of the ball for the last year's season, we probably would have chosen Jalen Carter because, again, he's better than all other players in college football. And so I'll go with um, I'll go with Brock. Um, but and so to me, Brock Bowers is not just a receiver of the football. But he is the cornerstone and dependable weapon on this offense. He is the guy that you can't take away. Nope. You can't scheme him. You can't game plan him. And you cannot neutralize him if the offense dictates that he's going to be getting targeted and getting the ball. All the other weapons on Georgia's team, I believe, A, can be replaced to a degree, right? So do we like Lad McConkey? Yes, we do. Do we have high hopes for guys like Dylan Bell and others on the receiving core? Absolutely. Of course we do. Um, maybe some of these transfer wide receivers, do we, you know, do we think that they are gonna make an impact? Sure. Do we like Kendall Milton a lot in the backfield? Uh, absolutely, we do. Do we think a healthy Kendall Milton is one of the better running backs Georgia's seen in in a in several years? Yeah, but all of these guys, the drop off behind them is maybe not so high, 
I know we like Oscar Delp, but let's be frank. The drop-off behind Brock Bowers is a a Grand Canyon-esque drop-off. It is uh, colossal, the difference between he and any other player. Can't even... Can't even sniff how close it is, Daniel. And it's not just between the other tight ends. It's between any other playmaker on Georgia's team. And so you take Brock out of the lineup, and now Georgia has talented guys. But they do not have a guy that is a 100% dude. Get him the ball, and he cannot be stopped. Maybe a guy will emerge this season, and we'll probably do some, like, you know, some dude rankings on this team. That may be a good idea for a podcast, Clint, if you want to just type, take that note, take that down for me. Just take a little note, if you would. I'll type for you. We might do that. You type. I'll just come up. I'll just churn out these good ideas, and you you type them out. Brock Bowers is a dude, and that's why he's the guy that I think we can't afford to lose. That's right. We're going to come back after this, but first I want to let you know about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season has arrived, and it's here now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sports book app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on anything from money line to point scores and threes drained and i don't know if you understand what's happening in march so much good sports betting is happening the mecca of sports betting as a matter of fact you want to talk about three team parlay you want to talk about dogs you want to talk about spreads because i'll tell you you right now pick a little pod winner pick a little take a little pod a little 14 pod i was just gonna say pick four teams and see hey i'll take one of these guys against the field bring it all day long fan duel unless you combine bets for a chance of bigger payouts with same game parlay don't miss a chance no sweat, first bet, $1,000 bonus in bonus bets. First bet doesn't go when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of NBA. All right, Clint, let's shift to the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, we kind of had a similar line of thinking last time. We did. Right. There's not that many options on the offensive side of the ball. Someone could have made a case for Carson Beck, I suppose. Someone sure. probably could have made a case for Kendall Milton, maybe. You know, you know, you brought up a, a guy like Amarius Mims, fine. Now we shift to the defensive side of the ball, Clint. There may be 10 guys that you could justify saying is the guy Georgia could least afford to lose on the defensive side of the ball, which yes. just goes to prove this point. Are you ready for it? Before we get into this segment that we created. This segment is garbage because there's no one on Georgia's defense that they can't afford to lose for a game or two games or three games. There's no one. Mainly because we rotate them out so much as well. Because are they so deep? They all just cover up for each other. That's right. Uh, I'm going to list my top five. (laughs) I got a top five. Okay. All right. Okay. Michael Williams, mm-hmm. Bear Alexander. Ooh, he wasn't in my top five. Pops. He's JBJ. definitely in my top five. Malachi Starks. Uh-huh, he's definitely in my top five. Definitely in the top five. Uh, Kamari Lasseter. Definitely in my top five. And so that's top your top five. These are my top five. Yeah. See, I put 
I put Smile Mondon in that top five as well. I think any of the interior D linemen, we could Zion Lowe go down, Bear Alexander go down, Nazir Stackhouse go down. I, I don't want to see it. I think the interior depth of the defensive line is solid. I think I think my number one guy. Initially, when this came up, it was like Malachi Starks. It just it immediately, my brain said Malachi Starks. It went right to it. And I'm a, spoiler alert, I'm the biggest Malachi. He's not my He's not the one. guy. But it's a good choice. It's a solid choice if you go Malachi Starks. He's going to be starting next to a new face at a I, very important position. I think a true freshman, but that's besides the point. It could be. Whether or not it's a true freshman, it's going to be a new face. Even if Correct. it's Tyke Smith, it's going to be a new face at starter at the University of Georgia, new position for Tyke. So, could be a good choice. I'm going to go with a guy that I think offers something that is harder to replicate if he's not there. And that is Michael Williams. Because I think Michael Williams can just flat out get after the quarterback in a way. I don't care how good your linebackers are. I don't care how good your you are at stopping the run. I don't care how good your corners and your safeties are. If you can't get after the quarterback in college football, you will be in trouble. Period. Georgia will play teams that will hurt them if they can't get after the quarterback. Now, there are more than one way. There's more than one way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to put pressure on the quarterback. But the easiest way to put pressure on the quarterback is have a dude on the end of your defensive line who just can't be blocked. And I think there's a chance that this year we could see Michael Williams emerge as that type of game-wrecking player. So that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, for me, it's Kamari Lasseter, and the reason is because we bring so much heat, because we man up quite a bit, because Kirby and Shu love to put people on an island, we don't got another Kamari on this team. Nyland Green, possibly, maybe. We got another guy over on the other opposite in the corner who's going to be that. But the reason why we can do what we do and the reason why we can have somebody back in the secondary that might be a little new-faced back there is because we're bringing inside linebacker pressure and we're asking Lasseter to be out there on an island. He is that guy. That is who it is for me. My number two of that five list is Michael Williams because, yes, um, you got to come off that edge. You got to come off that edge with a fury. Mm. Uh, those are our guys we can't miss out on this year. We're going to come back and let you know maybe something Todd Munkin said that is going to shock a lot of y'all and dismay a bunch of Bobo haters uh -oh. uh, right after this. We love dismaying haters, Daniel. We do enjoy to dismay the haters. I'm not sure I've ever used that phrase before, but dismaying haters when you, when since you bring 2017. Up the charcuterie board, you that, must then mm. also pronounce that this is this is dismaying the haters as mm. you place. I can hear the total ta tick down to 198. As Gurf turns the podcast Gerf off. Is gone. As Gurf just has just left hey. the podcast. There's now 198 listeners. Thanks for being here, loyal third segment listeners. Part of the 199, bonfire.com slash store slash the, the 199. Get over there and buy some merch. Now, um, I'm sorry, you teased this segment, Clint, and I am part of the show. 
I do have access to the show notes. We do share documents and stuff. This just, he, he don't. I have access to them. You have access. Okay. Yes. I do, do not look at them. Um, how, how it fast is on me. Going? I was going it's, 65. It's on me do you know for not knowing this. 45. Because you teased the seg- segment and I, I'm sorry. Who are we talking about in this segment? Uh, we're talking about Todd Munkin. Who? Um, I know Daniel. I I understand. I understand. I don't. I don't recognize that name. Is so this me, a? Is he out. a local he's politician? The, he's the new. Okay. First of all, nobody nobody want to know about any local Tennessean politics. Don't like keep miss me with that hate. Okay. Just y'all. It's yikes. bad up here. It's bad. Okay. Secondly, uh, he's the new offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, it sounds fun for him. I'm fun for him. This is what he said. Tom while Crean got him the interview. Oh my gosh! Did you read that? Okay, I Tom Crean. I, I wasn't quick enough on the mute button, y'all. Got him the interview. Wasn't quick enough on the mute button. I'm just saying right now, you want to build a statue for Mike White? You go ahead, because he replaced maybe the biggest cancer that Georgia has seen in quite some time in Tom Crean. Holy jeez. All right, had to get that off my chest. So, uh, do, you, do um, you feel better? Todd Mulka, Mulkin. Hurt people hurt people, Daniel. Todd Mulkey, the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Sounds like yeah. he's going to have a heck of an NFL career. Sounds like, um, by the way, how much is going to suck when Lamar sits out this season and then bails next season and says, screw y'all? Maybe he can pick up Desmond Ritter in a trade. Because no, we just, Lamar, because people, Lamar, people catching straight. Pe- pe- people just out <laughs> oh, here. Okay, let's get to, let's get to what was said. Todd Munkin said in an interview. Todd Munkin. Uh, when talking about love, Todd Munkin. By the way, all of this is in jest. I'm trying <laughs> when to. Talking about I'm trying to deflect my personal feelings. Well, I told you, people have already tuned out. This is our time, Clint. Third segment's our time. Third <laughs> segment's where the podcast shines. <laughs> Don't fight it. Embrace it. Let it wash over you. Just let him. (laughs) All right. All right. You know, get the robes on. Get the candles. Here's the deal. Here's what Todd Munkin said. Todd Munkin says, um, he while at Georgia, he got too much credit when he got there. The culture was already in place. The players were already developed. Mm -hmm. Um, Kirby recruiting was already at a high standard. Kirby. So all of it's pointed back to Kirby. And Todd Munkin was basically like, yeah, you know, look, I I wanted more money and I wanted the clout of the NFL. He didn't say I want a better work environment, an easier work environment, or a place I can be successful. He said, I like having the NFL tag to my name because there's only 30-some out of us, and I like the paycheck that I get. That's what he said. And what he meant was um, Mike Bobo going to be just fine because Kirby has a standard and the players are there. It's going to be difficult to wreck that thing. And if you wreck it, you deserve to be thrown out like Jimmy C. Correct. Yeah. And I mean, I just don't know. Listen, did it take Kirby some years to establish that on the offensive side of the ball? Like, um, like Todd Munkin was referencing. Yes, it did. It took him a little bit less time on the defensive side of the ball to establish that culture, to establish that identity, but it still took him some time even on the defensive side of the ball to really get things dialed in and get things where he wanted them and, and set that standard and that culture took him a little bit more time as you would expect on the offensive side of the ball for that to happen. But it ain't like Kirby doesn't know offense y'all like, I don't, it's not like he doesn't know what works and what doesn't work 
in college football. It's not like he's completely naive when it comes to what an offense should look like or what it, or what an offense wants to look like. And I, we all can see, as John mentioned last week on the pod, we all can see that Kirby's had a bit of an evolution when it comes to his offensive philosophy. And that's been a good thing for the University of Georgia. And so now we get to this place where Kirby knows what Kirby wants. And listen, Kirby's going to get what Kirby wants like I don't he's gonna get it from Todd Monken or he's gonna get it from Mike Bobo or he's gonna get it from anybody else who walks through the door and that he chooses to hire uh, to be the offensive coordinator at the University of Georgia this Todd Monken did exceptional things for the offense he's being humble when he he's says being this. humble he's Thank being you. humble okay. let's get Great. that out of the way he did exceptional things for the University of Georgia but it's not like he created an unreachable bar at the University because, of Georgia. Because Mike Bobo has already reached those bars. Well, now interesting. That's wild, I know. I know. Mike Bobo's a failed coach, though, Clint. I don't know if you know that. Oh, he a failed coach, sure. He's a complete sure. he's a failed offensive coordinator. I'm fine with that. It didn't work under um Brian Harson. So why would it work under Kirby Smart? They're basically the same. They're the same person. It's the same university, the same standard, the same players, the same everything. What are you talking about? It didn't coach, work at coach, Colorado State. So why would it work at, at the University of Georgia? They're the same. They're the same. Point. They're the same. <sighs> It's wild. It's fascinating. Uh, hey, come back next time. We're going to have John Garcia on this week talking recruiting news. Ooh, uh, I miss John Garcia. Miss John Garcia. We, you know, need a, just, we need a good guru and insider on the podcast every once in a while. Also, um, anybody involved with data sheets? Anybody a data sheet pro? Just it, just anyone we, know if what if there was like a, okay, say a, more. a, a billion dollar company? Okay. Like one of the three biggest companies in the world. Sure. Like, what if that company created this really simple, easy to use data sheet that everyone could just collaborate on easily and simply on a platform that they already had? We could. That would be something we could. We should. Use. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to John. See if we can't talk to find John a sheet Garcia like and see if we can find some sort of a data sheet that will do we'll that for some, us. We'll, Meanwhile, we'll, maybe ask him about um, if a true freshman is going to start at safety. Ask that from me. I might I, not be a part. Of, I might not be on there, but ask you. Ask Daniel, John Garcia have, Daniel, if George is going to have the, a, all, all the 199 have just found out that you don't listen to the pod when I'm on it alone. I've asked that to him three separate times. Ask him for me though. Okay. <laughs> Tell him it's for me. And he will say who? I don't. To be fair, I don't listen to the pod when I'm on. Like I don't, I don't listen to the you pod. You know what I'm saying? It's my show. I don't okay. listen to it. This has been Locked On Bulldog for Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'll see y'all next time. See ya.